the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Hi, it's Arthur Idala on a Thursday. How are you? I'm great. It's November the 30th. Um, this is typically my, this used to be by far my favorite night of the year because tomorrow's my birthday. And when I was a kid, I would be so excited because I grew up in an era, and San Bellino, maybe you can relate to this. Joni, I know you could definitely relate to this. I grew up in an era when you got presents or toys or whatever. Basically, two and a half times a year. Your birthday, Christmas, and then you got something for Easter. Yes. Nothing Always. nothing big, you know, like whatever. Money More than chocolate. Maybe you're going to you know, a little toy or something like that. So it was a big deal. Today, nowadays, oh, wow, you had a nice bowel movement. Let me buy you the G.I. Joe, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, um, but we have an unbelievable show for you today. If you want to know... The State of the Union of Crime in the City of New York. Um, you should stay tuned. I have Chief Chalon, and I have, he's the Chief of Patrol, and I'm going to have uh, Chief Michael Kemper on. Um, look, I'm not going to bog them down with statistics because um, they're easy to find. I mean, just Google, just go online. Just put NYPD statistics. You can put in any category you want. They pop right up. I mean, it, this is not a secret. Um, what people are saying is, well, that the, the, the the statistics look as good as they do because the cops aren't making arrests, and but that's not true either. Um, a lot of the statistics are based on 911 calls. The cops have nothing to do with the 911 calls. So it's how many 911 calls there are for robberies and burglaries. Um, and especially, I am um, an avid subway rider, as is Joan Pelzer, and, um, you know, Chief Kemper is doing a great job uh, down in the subways as well. We're going to hear, um, I know they were both, Ch Chief Chell and Chief Kemper were both at the tree lighting where I was with Luca yesterday. I want to tell you about that really quickly. Um, we left here and um, we headed over there and there was a there was a, a commotion, you know, and they said there was going to be protesters. And in fact, there were and people with the Palestinian flag and there was some chanting and Luca and I kind of were right in front of the Fox News building at 1211 6th Avenue. And I think when the NYPD did not allow them close enough to um, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, which was on 49th and basically 5th, um, they, like, I don't know, redirected themselves to go to the Fox News Christmas tree. Um, it was a little, 
I, well, I'm not gonna say scary, but I, you know, I just looked at Luca. I go, Luca, be alert, be alert. And we were, we were alert, but it was okay. There were a, a bazillion police officers there. So we're gonna talk to the men who were in charge yesterday. Um, Joan, the big feedback I got. I mean, I mean, the tree lighting was great, and and the the music and everything. But Barry Manilow got a lot of grief for the Botox. How are you feeling about that? He's eighty years old. Let him do what he wants. He can do what he wants. He's 80 years old, and he was phenomenal. He was so cool to watch, wasn't he? Didn't you want to like hang out with him and have a drink? Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't watch him. I I, oh, I couldn't. I didn't hear him. You couldn't I, hear. Him. I could see you, him. Yeah, they we were all were, over. Right. They had them on the rooftop. Um, they had them on the by the angels. But yeah, I could see screens and things like that. But where I was, I was inside. I couldn't hear him. But well, what about Cher's Botox but, in relation to Barry Manilow? Like, I didn't. It's are you not, not as, as offended yeah, by it's, hers. It's, hers is better. Okay. <laughs> She's got a better job going on. She does, because I saw her at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And they How about mine? <laughs> I'm going to take the fifth on that one. I mean, um, who really goes there to watch the, who's, who's performing? You're there to see the tree. I don't, yeah. you know, let me just tell you this, and then, well, I, I do want to talk about some of the news of the day, but um, they light the tree at 9.57, and it's over. Yeah. It's like, it's a two-hour show, and then they light it, and it's got, bye-bye. I mean, Luca and I left the I restaurant at 10.30. people sing. I know, but why don't you want to watch the thing with the tree on? That's true. Yeah, you know what? It could why can't been. you light the tree and That's, then have share? I mean, you know if share is right. so good and Barry is so good, then yeah. they shouldn't. They're worried about losing the television audience. That's so. Right. If the you're performers right. are so great and Kelly Clarkson, or oh, whoever, she was a great host, right? So if they're so good, then you could light the tree at like eight thirty to nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah, Not right. You know what? So you, you have a good point. The first hour, the tree's dark, and then the second hour, the tree's lit. That would be cool. They're all performing behind in front of this dark, blacked-out like tree. Comes as opposed, yeah. yeah, but it's and then the, the tree is lit, yeah. and bye bye. They go to a commercial on TV. I mean, Luca and I were there. I took pictures, so it was fine. Um, you know, obviously, when everything went down on October the seventh in Israel, we covered it extensively. I don't want to let a day go by without talking about all the wonderful pictures of the um, hostages that have been released. I mean, it's heartwarming, heartwarming coverage of um these little kids coming home these older folks coming home the hugs the crying the tears i mean i didn't think the hostages would ever be released what do i know obviously um hamas has used this as bargaining power pretty strong bargaining power not only have they achieved achieved a ceasefire um but they have also um negotiated to have the release of a lot of Palestinian prisoners or Hamas prisoners. Um, so, yes, we did use them as currency, and a lot of people um, saying, you know, you should never negotiate with terrorists, but that's exactly what took place here. Um, you know, it's heartwarming to see this, to see the families be reunited, especially under circumstances when we did not think that was going to happen. Um, you can't talk about international affairs without talking about the loss of Henry Kissinger. Um, Henry Kissinger has been a household name for 50 years, um, literally. He just spoke at the Al Smith dinner last month. If it wasn't in October, it was in September, but I think it was actually in October. Um, I'm, the reports back were wasn't exactly a stellar presentation. The guy's 99 years old. Maybe he shouldn't be standing in front of a room of a thousand people in tuxedos making a keynote address. 
Um, I, obviously, he was in better shape than President Carter was um, attending his wife's funeral. Uh, he obviously did not look very good. But, um, you know, Henry Kissinger um, was, even though I believe he was a Democrat, but then he worked for Nixon, and I think he counseled every president thereafter. Um, I don't, I'm not sure about Biden, but I think everyone up until Biden, all the presidents spoke to him at least once or twice, if not a lot more than that. Um, and he's the one who's you know credited with open, opening up the door to China uh, with Nixon. His uh, detriments are he didn't really focus on human rights violations in other countries. Um, that that he should have, and I was listening um, today to some news coverage about it, and apparently the country of Chile um, was a vibrant democracy, and then they they elected someone who leaned much more in a socialist fashion, and uh, he uh, Kissinger advised Nixon, and Nixon followed to put in a dictator in Chile, and they haven't really been the same since in terms of their human rights and their, their way of life. So, you know, he was, like we all are, somewhat of a flawed man. And, you know, I mentioned um, Jimmy Carter, and I was speaking to someone today, and I was saying how beautiful it was that, you know, even though he's in bad shape at 99 years old, he's at the funeral of his wife, who's 96 years old, and they had such a beautiful marriage and a beautiful love affair, and the response I got, well, how do you know? And I was like, okay, well, you're right. I don't know for a fact, but it's certainly... They didn't seem like they were real thespians, the Carters. Um, they certainly made it seem like they had a real um, partnership in a marriage and in a relationship. So um, it, um, you know, 99 years old and to be at your wife's funeral, even though I'm not exactly sure if he knew where he was. The best of my recollection, Jimmy Carter went into hospice like a year ago. And usually when you go into hospice, it's like, you know, the lights are about to go out, but obviously not. Um, okay, so I want you all to stay tuned. Um, I am very excited. I was on television this morning on uh, Fox 5, Good Day New York, and um, uh, they were great to us over at Fox 5. I was I was there with Maritza Ramos and our next guest, Chief of Patrol, the NYPD, John Chell, talking about tonight's dinner, um, the Rafael Ramos Foundation's Gala. It's going to be at Roosters on the Bay. I'm very excited. There are going to be hundreds of people there. And I'm being honored alongside the um, chief of the uh, NYPD, the total chief, uh, the chief of the whole place, um, Mr. Chief Madry, and the police commissioner, Caban. So you have two, the two highest-ranking law enforcement officers in the state, city of new york and then you have a criminal defense attorney um who uh is very appreciative of all of their efforts it's going to be a great night tonight so we are going to talk to chief chell and then we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk to chief kemper and then we're going to take a break and then we'll wrap up the show and then i'm going to go to roosters on the bay and uh have a great night uh in support of a great charity and a great foundation that's still rocking and rolling doing great things um, it'll on December the twentieth, the twenty fourteen. It'll be nine years since we lost uh, Rafael Ramos. So um, stay tuned for a great informative Law and Order type of show. We'll be right back.
This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin essentially provides a boost to the immune system or helps regulate it, making it a versatile therapy for many medical conditions. Its use is determined by the specific diagnosis and the medical needs of the patient. The dose used depends on the diagnosis and patient need. In those patients with an immunodeficiency, it helps augment the immune response and supports the immune system in fighting off infections. In those patients with autoimmune diseases, it helps remove antibodies that are being produced in error that result in symptoms such as inflammation, weakness, or numbness. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by their guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. We have our senator from New York State, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, on the line. We've been getting a lot of questions about what can be done in these mass shootings. Are there any solutions being discussed on the Hill? There are a number of things we have to do. One is to have universal background checks. You know, there is a right to bear arms, and people who want to have a gun should be able to get one, but only if they're not felons, if they're not adjudicated mentally ill, if they're not spousal abusers. That's all the background check law does, and it has the support of 90% of the people. So we are going to be making a strong effort here on the Hill to deal with background checks. Uh, We're also looking at banning clips of more than 10 bullets. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 
888-238-6500. With offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island, it's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors & Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. All right. Welcome back to the Idola Power Hour. I got to bring Sam Bellino on the line. Now, Sam Bellino, we have a three-star chief of the NYPD coming on with us right now. And you're going with Billy Isle Rebel Yell. I'm just, I'm not criticizing. I'm just asking the, the thought process. Well, I mean, Billy Idol has a birthday today, so I figured I'd play a little music um, to celebrate his 68th. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. He's almost as old as Chief Kemper. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so next up here on the Idola Power, I am so, we are so lucky to have him on the line with us. Uh, I was actually with him this morning around breakfast time on Fox 5 talking about the Ramos uh, Awards dinner tonight, which I'm very excited about and honored about. Um, but I got to see him, or I should see his folks in action last night as uh, when we left the show, Luca and I walked along 6th Avenue and we we're heading towards 51st Street where we had a little reservation to a restaurant, a very good restaurant, where we we're going to be able to watch the tree being lit up. And uh, all of a sudden, it was clearly there were radios going off on the police, uh, the NYPD. A crowd started moving towards the Fox News building, 1211 6th Avenue. And uh, I, after the fact, learned that uh, this was the police pushing back certain protesters so that a beautiful night in New York and a beautiful New York tradition was not ruined. And uh, at the helm of it all is our next guest, uh, Chief of Patrol, John Chell. What's up, John Chell? How are you, sir? How are you, sir? Full disclosure, I'm not going to lie. I was listening to Billy Idol on the way to work this morning, Flesh for Fantasy. So your producer is right on it and probably deserves a raise for the holidays. All right. All right. Sam like no, no, no. You're not the producer. Oh, oh, here comes Joan. Okay, I'm getting credit for this one. I love it. Thank you, Chief Chell. Why, why, wait, why are you getting credit for the pick, for Sam Bellino's song that he why picked? Why not? I'm the producer. Oh. I put it all together. No, okay, but Sam Bellino's the co-host. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, first and foremost, Chief, let me thank you um, for this morning and coming on, on television with us. The Ramos Foundation is obviously something that's near and dear to my heart. And losing a, a an officer or officers that day was, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chief, but to me, I don't remember the city being rocked that hard before that, that morning, that day when those two, when, when uh, Lou and, and Ramos were killed, since 9-11. I don't remember they were in an event in between September 11, 2001 and December 20, 2014 that kind of stopped the city in its tracks and, and really freaked us out. Yeah, so 2014 was a really, you know, dark time for the police department. We were being criticized heavily on, on a number of uh, fronts that, uh, that we didn't have responsibility for uh, nationwide events. But, you know, it always comes back to New York City. That was a really tough time. And you know, a lot of people don't remember, you know, I was the commanding officer of the 79th Precinct on that day, December 20, 2014. I was there uh, for that day and, and really, you know, rocked our city, uh, rocked our department. Uh, extremely sad day. And if you recall, especially around the holiday times back then, and if you recall, like the center of the universe landed on Merlin Tompkins Avenue in the 7-9 Precinct. 
uh, national news, international news. And it was a bad time, obviously. It was an extremely sad day, and we still think about it today. But it also sent our department, our city, maybe in a different direction, recovering from those, those days of 2014 and in, in, in positive growth. So many stories to tell from that day. And, uh, and Audie, as I spoke about this morning, you know, the Rafael Ramos Foundation, Maritza, just doing a great job with this, uh, an organization that, you know, I'll disclose here, you just told me that you founded and you set up the foundation. And congratulations on being honored tonight. A, a great honor for, for a great cause. And uh, just, you know, great job, great, great foundation. And, and I'm proud to even be there this morning with you guys. I was a little, uh, it, it was very cool that you were there. And, and they, you know, Fox 5 acknowledged that by giving us a very long segment. You know, I, I know a thing or two about television. And as, as far as TV goes, that was a very, very long segment with two hosts. So they really paid us a lot of respect. And that was wonderful. I was happy for Maritza. As you know, she was a little nervous beforehand. And then she did and she, an out, and she, outstanding and she, she, job. She did, she did great. She did great. She, she did great. She was outstanding. Um I asked, uh, I think it was Maritza, or I asked um, Jose Falero, who's one of the, the, the police officers, but also a detective. Um, they said, what other foundations are there for fallen police officers? And nobody was able to at least rattle one or, or two off, So, which makes me that much more honored by being there tonight and so much more impressed by what Maritza has done and, and the, the, the other members of the board of directors of the Ramos Foundation. Yeah, uh, I, it means so much to us. Well, our, our department, we're, very, you know, we're a great department. We, we do make mistakes. But the one thing I think this goes, we'll talk about our department does better, better than anybody is we never forget. We never forget our fallen brothers and sisters that have uh, given their lives in line of duty over the years. We do that quite well. And it's organizations like this that you set up and that, you know, Melissa runs and has taken to another level that keeps this thing going and keeps the foundation uh, to support us and, and makes us just better cops as we go year to year. So, Chief Chell, you know, you're the chief of patrol, and last night is a is another international event, right? I mean, the, the lighting of the Rockefeller Christmas tree does get covered elsewhere. I know I've been in Italy, and I've seen it uh, covered in, in, in Italy. And now you, you get these calls over the weekend and, and during, on Monday and Tuesday, hey, you know, there's going to be protests there. Just give us a little, whatever you're allowed to, behind-the-scenes look of the, the logistics. I mean, there are all these city streets. Anyone who thinks New York City is dead should have been there last night. I mean, it was packed. I, forget about cars, because you guys shut down the streets to vehicles. Just walking, it was packed. So what are the logistics? How early do you plan for something like this? And, and what are the contingency plans that you have? There are some events that we plan we, we, we plan for the day after it ends the year before. And this tree lighting, you know, it's been going on for years and the plan's in place. But, you know, you know the plans, we have to make adjustments. There are so many moving parts. And, of course, for last night, we have the element of, of protesters as a result of the conflict overseas. So many units, many agencies, uh, proper communication and strategy. And then we gotta we got to fulfill the plan. We, we have to make it happen. And last night, like I said this morning, I think for our city, it was a win in terms of the collective. You know, our, our media yesterday was getting the message out for us, what we wanted to do, and how we were going to do it. Our cops, our, our, our departments, uh, on the line standing tall, you know, holding the protesters back and the burying them from our tree. 
uh, our counterterrorism division, our intel division, our special operations, all coming together. Rockefeller Center Private Security. The people who came to the event and had a great time and knew the rules. Just for the city itself, it, it was a, a good win. You know, unfortunately, and the protesters, think about the protesters. They had their First Amendment last night. We kept them safe also. Minimal arrests. I think we had three. Uh, I don't agree with the rhetoric. It was disgusting and hateful, but that falls under the First Amendment. So all in all, even involved in the protesters to a certain extent, the city won through last night. And I'm so proud to be part of that with all the partners that helped us. And and you know what you left out that you you that that your team did an unbelievable job was that like the kind of cleanup because when my son and I came out of the restaurant it was like ten thirty quarter to eleven and there's all of these police officers loading all the barricades either onto trucks or onto some kind of things that are carrying I'm like geez you'd think they would have some kind of like maintenance crew doing that but no the uh, men and women in blue were the ones who moved all those barricades out of the way and allowed the cars to come back through and, you know, rerouted the pedestrian traffic. And just so we're clear, I mean, Luca and I, I was just like, I was like, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the yeah. tree lighting. Um, I will tell you, Chief Chell, one of the criticisms that I did read about today, and I'm not going to hold you accountable for this, but apparently Barry Manilow had a little too much Botox in his face. And he caught a lot of flack for that. I mean, you have any statements about that, uh, Chief Chell, about Barry Manilow's Botox-ridden face? Barry Manilow, an icon, world icon, you know, and, and then, of course, United States. And full disclosure, he's on my playlist. So there I like Barry. I, I like Barry. I wish I could have seen him uh, perform last night, but I was uh, protecting Barry and everyone else last night with the great, with the great cops I had around me. So, so I, I guess you have to go back to playing this disc tonight. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Chief, I got about two minutes left. Um, obviously, it's, you know, we're, we're tomorrow's December 1st. It's a national holiday, in case you didn't know that, but we'll figure that out later. Um, and, um, you know, we've got one more month left. How, how are you feeling about uh, the NYPD and, and what uh, what you guys have done in 2023? Uh, I think I, I, I'm going to use the word progress. We've made some progress. We're certainly not where we want to be, but it's positive progress. And again, in, in this 2023 to 24, policing is so tough. It really is. It's very tough for our young cops. And, I, and I'm amazed at the, how they get the job done. So I'll stick with progress. I like it. We'll build up the progress. And, and we'll get better at it. And I know you're a hands-on leader. Um, as You're leading tens of thousands. I'm leading like a dozen, two dozen here. But uh, I try to follow in your footsteps. And today you were at the 66 pre Precinct in Brooklyn. Tell us what you did there. So each precinct tries to hold an annual medal day to honor their own uh, cops uh, met with, with a, uh, you know medals and, and the community gets involved with like officials. So today was the 66 Precinct. At a borough park, 252 medals given out to those police officers that serve that community. And, you know, it's so important for me to be there because our cops are simple people, regular middle-class people, and all they want to hear once in a while is, thank you, good job. So it's important for me as, as their leader and one of the leaders of this department to tell them, hey, thank you, good job, the community appreciates you, and I don't know if you realize how much you mean to the community. So... Uh, we use two words in an apartment, right? May and must. This was a must attend, not a may attend. 
Well, Chief Shell, if I'm going to follow in your footsteps, I guess I got to tell Joan. Joan, you're doing a good job. We appreciate you. And what actually, el- I want to. What else am jump- I supposed to say, Chief? Yeah, there you go. But I want to jump back on and thank you so much because you are such a positive force. And every time you come on, you share great information with folks that really need to hear it. And you always say yes. And you're always so kind and generous with your time. So, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you for being part of the NYPD. And thank you for all you do every day to protect this city. There you thank go. Thank you so much. Listen, I you, 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 you I got it from... You got it from Pelzi. You got it from Joni. I, I didn't. You didn't even get the thank you the from me. The producer, not the co-host. Big <laughs> Chief uh, Chell, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, no. ma- maybe I'll even see you uh, a little later on. I know you're busy, but if you uh, find your way to uh, Russo's on the Bay, uh, there'll be a libation waiting for and you. And Sam Bellino yes. and I'll be right there too. All right, and uh, Artie, just it was a pleasure meeting your young son tonight, Luca, and uh, congratulations on his. Next stop in college. Oh, was, thanks, man. Was, I, that's very I, sweet I was, of you. I was impressed by that. And last but not least, is it your birthday today or tomorrow? What tomorrow. It's a national holiday, December 1st. Author yeah, Dollar Day. I can't believe you tell people you're 56 and you, you whispered to me you were 61. <laughs> well, I look 61. I look 61, but I'm all, I've only been on the planet for 56 years. I don't feel, don't feel good. Kemper might be like 50-something, but he looks like he's 67, so we'll take that as a positive. Well, we'll find out because he's coming up next. You just heard from Chief of Patrol. You're next going to hear from the Chief of Transit, Michael Kemper. Chief Chell, thanks so much. Folks, we'll be back right after this. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Savar family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock Marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin essentially provides a boost to the immune system or helps regulate it, making it a versatile therapy for many medical conditions. Its use is determined by the specific diagnosis and the medical needs of the patient. The dose used depends on the diagnosis and patient need. In those patients with an immunodeficiency, 
It helps augment the immune response and supports the immune system in fighting off infections. In those patients with autoimmune diseases, it helps remove antibodies that are being produced in error that result in symptoms such as inflammation, weakness, or numbness. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Make sure to tune in this and every Saturday at noon to hear the lead guy, Nick DeMauro, Executive Director and CEO of LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, speak with experts, educators, and law enforcement about important issues affecting you and your children. Catch the new show, Battling Drugs and Violence, with the lead guy on AM 970 The Answer for topical information and insights from experts waging the battle against drugs and violence in your community. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. Oh, yeah. Little Beastie Boys on a very special Thursday night, November the 30th. Now, Chief Kemper, you know, Luca, my son, told me, now he's a Brooklyn boy, he's never been to White Castle. He's 17. Totally bugged me out, man. And then I looked, and there used to be one on like 4th Avenue and in the 70s, and I mean in the 30s or and it, I don't think like, that's gone now. Yeah, listen. You, you first of all, I'm, I'm I'm laughing. He who who did that, Matt? I said license. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke it. Uh, he got the memo and took care. Of it. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, you got to bring your son. Wake him up. Teach him. You got to teach I, him right. But there, there's very few white councils. We're talking to NYPD Chief of Transit Michael Go. Kemper, who's a regular on Thursdays here on the Idala Power Hour. Talking about a very, very important topic right now, the location of White Castles in, in, in Brooklyn, New York. Arthur, right, right over the Verrazano Bridge on Highland Boulevard, there's a White Castle. I might okay. have been there a thousand times. Okay. I um, you know, There used to be one right on uh, the other side of the Verrazano Bridge, right on 92nd Street and 4th Avenue. Growing yeah, up, no that's more. where they filmed the, the Saturday Night Fever. There's the whole yeah. scene in there, and they, they go there in the middle of the night. I think it used to be open 24 hours. Um, yeah. Okay, so Chief of Transit, Michael Kemper, the word around the campfire, rumors are that you were actually above above 
ground last night for the tree lighting. Is that accurate? I was. The chief of patrol needed help. He called the big dog out. I came out. <laughs> I helped him. You know, listen, my whole career, I've been teaching him everything. So uh, I, I kid, I kid. Uh, listen, last night was a big night for New York City. It was a big night for so many, right, with the Christmas tree lighting. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And, and, and you, you look, unfortunately, we have groups of people. Like, you know, last night we had groups joining forces probably uh, upwards of over 2,000-plus people that were looking uh, to use that tree lighting as a backdrop to make a statement. And uh, we said that's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, listen, we respect people's rights to protest. Uh, you know, protesting, truth be told, Arthur, protesting is what separates us from these other, uh, and I'll use a Yiddish word, right, a fakakta countries, right? There you go. Um, but, look, protest all you want as long as it's peaceful, without lawlessness. And last night, a lot of planning. Uh, went into it, we executed properly, and the results speak for themselves. It was peaceful. The Christmas tree light, uh, the tree went uh, was lit with no events, and uh, we had a great night. No, it was it was. I, I was right on Fifty First Street with uh, my son Luca, and it was um, it was special. And you know, anyone, you know, Chief, you know what a cheerleader I am for this city, and um, mm. so many people who friend of mine who moved down to Florida, right? He's down in Miami. He's like, how's New York? It's a real S-H-I-T hole, right? Bah, 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 bah. I said, do me a favor, Mark. If you're by your computer, look at the crime rate in Miami, especially South Beach, and then look at the crime rate in Midtown where my office is because it's not even yep. in the same league. <laughs> we're we're so much better here. Last week, it's, it's that. just a true story. Last Saturday, I went uh, shopping, holiday shopping, me and my wife, and we took my sister-in-law. And she had the same feeling. She's a lifelong New Yorker. She lives in Staten Island. And we said, let's go to, uh, let's go shopping in Manhattan. She hasn't been here in, in Manhattan in a while. And we took the trains, right? And I, I called it like it was an undercover boss day. Uh, there you go. Me. I love it. I love it. Around. We went to Saks. We went to Bloomingdale's. We went all over the place through, uh, on train, walked the streets. And, you know, at the end of the night, she, she turned around and she goes, the city's safe. What are these people talking about? And, <laughs> so, uh, now, wait, Chief. Hold on, hold on. Just tell me, uh, how do we get from Staten Island to the subway? <laughs> well, what we did was we, we, we drove and parked the car and then jumped on the train. Okay. And then we took the train. And, and let me tell you, it was nice. And uh, it was it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting for me, you know, off-duty. I was wearing a baseball hat and uh, just looking around. I, I saw cops. You know, primarily I was on that sixth line going north and south. Um, and, and I did, I did see cops in the stations. The stations were, uh, uh, you know, were clean. I didn't see any axle oil. This was to be very honest with you. And even walking around the streets, you know, the sidewalks, the streets, you know, you know, uh, two stores, we went to dinner, everything was fine. And, and she even looked and she was like, what are these people talking about? I says, Shirley, I told you. And, and by the way, a shout out to uh, my buddy, Mike Bovey at the department of sanitation and the streets are relatively clean. Yeah, well, you know what we, you know where we were, they were, you know, I, I don't know. Listen, um, people have that perception that it's out of control. I think if you really brought them to see it for their, uh, you know, with their own eyes and let them experience it, maybe they'll uh, change their. Opinion. And let me just, uh, and, and chief, you know, you drive around in this beautiful car and lights and sirens from last night when they light that tree until January, I don't know, second, I think it is this year. You will not see me driving around. I mean, today, I made the very foolish mistake 
I had to go from 45th and 5th to 55th and 5th. And I normally, I almost always walk. I go, you know what? I'm in, I was late. I go, let me jump in a cab. Wow. <laughs> what a rookie mistake that was. How'd I mean, that work out? Yeah, not, not, not good at all. I wound up jumping off at like 48th and four. I went four blocks. I paid almost $20 to go four blocks so I could go out and walk the rest of the way. The subway. And even, you know, you talk about driving. Uh, you're talking about driving and then getting on the subway. One of my little sneaky moves at this time of the year is I'll drive from where I am in Bay Ridge and I'll drive to 36th Street and then on 36th Street just get on the express and I'm in the office in a half an hour and well, it's, it's great. That's what we did. We, we we went over the bridge, parked the car, and we took the trains. It, and it was nice. It's funny you're talking about traffic. I'm in a car right now talking to you. Uh, I just left my office. I'm literally at a park. I thought I. I thought it was going to be where it was going to be, but there's traffic right now in Manhattan. I'm literally parked right now on the side of City Hall. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's rough down there uh, as well. Um, so let me talk to you about uh, subway issue, this subway surfing. First of all, describe to the listeners what is subway surfing, number one, the dangers of it, number two, and what you guys are doing to fight it, number three. Well, you know, subway surfing, <clears throat> you know, simply put, it's uh, a super reckless act where, you know, primarily young teenagers are climbing on top of moving trains and they're surfing. And what do I mean by that? They're running, they're jumping on top of trains as these trains are moving. And it's primarily, Arthur, it's primarily fueled, if you will, by social media attention and clout, meaning they videotape themselves, they post it to social media, and they're getting attention, they're getting lights and likes. And that's what's really fueling this. Um, you know, obviously the... Uh, the attention is uh, is what they're looking for, but what's what's happening is obviously it's it's super super dangerous, and unfortunately we've experienced um, you know far too many tragic consequences associated with this, and you know serious injuries. And just this year, uh, from from January to June, um, five young teenagers or you know died, you know in New York City, you know while they were subway surfing. So oh. obviously we. Terrible, terrible. And this is all senseless. This is all preventable. Uh, but, you, you know, you, you, you're dealing with these these kids. Uh, you know, more often than not, they're, they're immature, and, and they're not realizing, you know, the, the consequences associated with it. They're just living for the moment. So we do a lot of outreach with this. We focus on this. And our focus is really just about saving lives of our youngest teenagers, right? Well, I read so, some headline um, about you guys using drones to combat this. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, right to it, like our, our, our newest uh, way of dealing with this is leveraging technology and, and, and using drones, you know, and we have a pilot project right now where uh, we're using drones, you know, and we're focused in Queens over that seven line, which seems to be uh, a big draw for these subway surface for so many reasons. The backdrop is, uh, is what they're really looking for, New York City in the background. Um, and so far in the last, you know, week or so, we've, intercepted four subway surfers in Queens through the drone technology. Uh, and check this out, the youngest, um, a 12-year-old. Could you imagine, Arthur, imagine when your 12-year-old uh, was running on top of a moving train subway surfing? Um, so, yeah, so anyway, our efforts are working. You know, enforcement is, uh, you know. So, real, Chief real. Kemper, though, I just ask, so the drone goes up. Obviously, these are only for lines that go outside. The drone goes up. It sees some kids on the subway, on uh, surfing on top of the subway tra train itself. Then what happens? Yeah. So, the drone is watching this in real time, and they're communicating with cops that are on the ground in the stations waiting for, you know, waiting for the trains to pull in. 
and when the train pulls in, uh, we stop the train, we find the kid who was on top, and we take them back to the district, and we get their parents in to uh, pick them up, and we, you know, document it on a uh, uh, if they're a juvenile, which most of the case, they, most of the times they are on a juvenile report. So yeah, wow. and what's also awesome with the uh, drone is it's taped. So when Junior tells mom or dad, it wasn't you me. know, I wasn't doing it. You know, the cops are lying. You know, we, we go right to the videotape. So it's pretty powerful. So I figure that this is um, something that um, there's a whole new unit. Like, because let me tell you something. I brought one of my son, like a little drone. And, you know, those aren't so easy to operate. So obviously it's a, a new job line uh, in the NYPD, right? Having to operate these drones in a way that uh, it's efficient. Absolutely. And not only, you know, how to operate, you got to be licensed to uh, legally fly a drone in New York City. So obviously our drone pilots, if you will, are, are licensed first and foremost. And then there's training involved. And, and really the pilot project that's going on with these drones, uh, that's what they're doing. They're learning how to uh, really, really operate these drones, uh, you know, proficiently. So I know on Tuesday I read about a shooting in Brooklyn on the C train route, the Ralph Avenue station in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Chief Kemper, uh, the man who's in charge of the transit system here uh, for the NYPD, what could you yeah. tell us about that? So, yeah, so that was Tuesday early uh, early evening. Um, I'm going to bring you on to a, uh, a C-line train in Brooklyn. Uh, the train is uh, heading uh, Manhattan bound. Uh, we have a 17-year-old. We had two victims. We had actually two people, Arthur, unfortunately, shot with this. The first one was a 17-year-old uh, victim who's on a train. Uh, he gets into a dispute with another uh, individual. Now, this 17-year-old is uh, well-known to us. I'll leave it at that. Um, he gets into a uh, dispute with uh, another uh, individual on the train. Uh, a gun is taken out. A uh, shot is fired. Uh, that bullet hits our 17-year-old in his hands. And then that same bullet hits a 52-year-old who was sitting on the train. Um, what's interesting with this case is, and this case is still active and open, uh, but I'm confident, real confident, uh, that in, in, in short time an arrest will be made. You know, people seem to forget. I mean, how many times do we got to tell people about the video system in the uh, New York City subway system? So not only do we have video on platforms and mezzanine areas by turnstiles, uh, but we, we now have video on board trains, like super high def quality. And uh, maybe this one was captured on video, well, Arthur. Uh, we, we'll see. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's scary It's scary stuff because this, is, to the best of my recollection, this one this didn't happen like 4 o'clock in the morning, right? This happened in... No, uh, it's, it's about, I, I'd say, 5-ish in the afternoon, 5.36 right. yeah. in that time. Right. Yeah, that, and, know, that's a little nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking, and I just want to, you know, be very clear. That is very, very rare. Uh, it's very rare to have a shooting incident in the uh, subway system. You know, that, that's number five for the entire year uh, in, the, uh, in the New York City subway system as far as uh, shooting incidents. Um, so, you know, again, we're 11 months into the year. We have five shootings in the subway system for, for all five boroughs. It's five too many. Uh, but let's be clear. A shooting in the subway system is extremely rare and unusual. You had, Chief Kemper, you had a Transit Bureau Memorial uh, Ceremony this week, correct? I did. Yeah, I did. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. So what was that we, about? Uh, that, yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's something we do, and that was a Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. We held our annual Transit Bureau Memorial Mass, and it's where we come together to memorialize our fallen officers. And, you know, in attendance, obviously cops from all ranks, union members, the police commissioner comes, 
uh, the chairman of the MTA, uh, John Oliva, came, and really, most importantly, the family members of our fallen cops. And, and we do this for so many reasons. Arthur, what we say in the NYPD is, uh, you know, we will never forget. You know, that's a vow we make, and it's a vow we take very, very serious. And these memorial masses we do is just one way for us to honor that vow. And, you know, in the transit bureau this week, we it was it was an overwhelming success. We we recognize and memorialize 67 transit cops dating back all the way back from 1963 to president who died from line of duty injuries and uh it was uh it, it was a really really nice event it had a lot of meaning and value and uh you know just to see the family members come uh and reassuring them that we're we're always going to be here for them is so important it's uh, interesting because you um you said you know we will say we'll never forget and Chief Chell, who was on the segment before you when we were talking about the Ramos Foundation, where hopefully I'll be seeing you in a little while, um, he said the same thing, the exact same words. You know, we always say we'll never forget, we'll never forget. And it's um, it's great to see you and, and Chief Chell in sync on something, you know. <laughs> I, I, I told him that. It must have, uh, must have stuck, uh, stuck with him. Now, I kid, I listen, you know, for an agency that has faults, and we recognize and admit we, we do have some faults, and, and we always try and do better, the one thing that we do exceptionally is honor our fallen. And that's something that, uh, that's something that we will uh, always, always continue that tradition. And it, it has, so, again, just way, way so much meaning. And uh, I'm proud, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be a member of this department. And I always personally feel, feel so good when I leave these events. So... Yeah, this All is right. an annual event. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, um, Chief Kemper. Um, Joan? I wanted to just thank you because you always say yes. You're always so kind with your time, and thank you for being part of the NYPD. I know you're a high-ranking man, and you say yes to us, and you give us great information. So thank you for you, and thank you for the NYPD. Thank you, Joan. Arthur, happy birthday. All right, buddy. Wait, we could we could say we could do that to later on. We could hug and kiss and you know. Congrats, congrats, and be well to everyone. Thank you. I'll see you in a little while. All right, that way you had what a show we had. Chief of Patrol, then we had Chief of Transit. Come on, we're not fooling around here. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll come right back. It's my junk. It's my holding out. It's my rhyme. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Plaza College is proud to announce their Bachelor of Science degree program in nursing has received initial accreditation from the Commission on Collegiate Nursing Education. Plaza's program is accelerated and designed to build on an applicant's prior experience so they can earn the Bachelor of Science in only 16 months. The nursing student's lecture and clinical education is also supplemented by lab work at Plaza College's 5,000-square-foot Center for Healthcare Simulation. The suite of four laboratories features innovative technology that allows students to practice skills development in an educational yet realistic patient care setting. All learning experiences in the nursing program are conducted by skilled nursing educators who have extensive clinical and academic training. Upon graduation, all students are eligible to take the NCLEX exam and apply for registered nurse licensure through the state of New York. The college reports a 90% graduation rate. Plaza College also offers programs for dental hygienists, medical assistants, court reporters, and business degrees. For more information on the program, or to inquire about the admissions process for the nursing program, please visit plazacollege.edu. 
Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Fastec Industries helps with all of your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Fastec specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. Fastec is the number one supplier of recycled products, the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials, and the number one provider of roll-off containers. Call Fastec today. Ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. That's 718-494-1600. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C. IND.com for more information. Fastec Industries is now serving Westchester County. Fastec Industries is a DeFazio company. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Yo, Sam Molino, I forgot to uh, tip my hat to you. The uh, end of the first segment, you played Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Correct. And uh, they lost their lead singer, the age 65, Shane McGowan. Um, you know, he was uh, not exactly a genteel man, but uh, he was a, a great a great front man for the Pogues. I believe I saw the Pogues once live back in the day. Um, well, folks, this was a really uh, informative show, at least for me. And I hope you got the sense that through this show and through the interviews on this show, uh, both Chief Chell and Chief Kemper have kind of become friends of mine. And I have to give this show and, and AM 970 credit for that relationship. And it's, you know, it's, it's good to have them on speed dial for, for all of us, for me and for you guys, because, you know, look, we just talked about a shooting on the subway at five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, that is not, that's not cool. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear from the playmakers too of New York. Yeah, in other words, we're not reading it in the newspaper. We're actually hearing it from them and, and what's going on. What's going on, um, Joan? We have two minutes before we're heading to Russo's on the Bay. Talk I know, to me. I'm so excited. We're heading to Russo's on the Bay, and Matt's going to be with us. We're going to yes. be with Tom Harris. We're going to be with our whole law firm, and you are getting such a special honor. I loved watching you on Fox Five this morning with Chell. Chell or Shell? Chell. Chell. I said it correctly this time. And Maritza, who is just. The most humble human being. I mean, I love what she stands for, giving backpacks and toys to kids, not just at Christmas, but all year, so that that's their first interaction with the police. Nothing more precious than that. And I am so proud of you. You're getting Humanitarian of the Year Award, and your parents will be there, and Lori, and Let's Mary talk about Ann. being humans. Let's, let's talk about all being humanitarians exactly. to each other. How yes. about that? Yeah, I yeah guess well I deserved, think about Arthur. Well deserved. Uh, well, uh, the only reason why I'm getting this is because I've helped the Ramos Foundation. Stop that. Stop years. being so it's humble true, in that it, fashion. Yes, you have, but humanitarian, you've done so many humble human things for other people. It's beautiful. Alright, I try, Joan. I try. You Maybe tried. if you want, in 2024, you could put co-host on your card. Oh, like I'm thinking has. about it. Co-host, what do you have to say about that? I, I concur <laughs> with that assessment. Yeah. All right, folks. So we're going to put the lid on things here for a, a Thursday night, November 30th. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to have a special show if I'm lucky. Um, and I, cause you never know with my friend Lawrence. Um, I'm going to spend my 56th birthday on the air with Lawrence Taylor, number 56. Uh, you go to a giant game nowadays, by far and away, 
the jersey you see the most 30 years after he's been playing uh, uh, football is the number 56. You know, if I was smart, I would wear the number 56 jersey tomorrow. Um, I'm not even sure if I have a Lawrence Taylor jersey. How pathetic is that? I have. Wow. Yeah, Samalina, real quick, you know where I got his first autograph? On the verdict sheet when I got him cleared of everything. <laughs> I swear to God, that was the first time in our, at that time, two-and-a-half-year relationship I asked him for his autograph on the verdict sheet that the jurors handed in. All right, folks, happy Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow on December the 1st. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.